Welcome to Make Better Photos and Videos Podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. You've been thinking again, more than usual. I can smell the burning and see the smoke. Yeah, I've been thinking about if I were starting fresh or moving to a new camera, what my second lens would be. Um... Don't you mean first lens? No, actually I don't. Because typically when you buy a camera body, there's a discount offered on a very decent lens that comes with the body as a kit. In my case, that's typically something in the order of a 24 to 105 or equivalent, depending upon the sensor in the camera. For me, I come from film and I still think in full frame focal lengths. Uh, I always thought that your second lens would be a flash because that's the way you talk and that's the way you pack. Well, that too is in fact true. The first piece of kit after the body and the first lens will always be a flash. However, let's talk specifically about another lens. I was a bit bored. I need to get out more and I check my Lightroom library for the most commonly used lens. Number two is what we're going to talk about today. Focus on it. <laughs> pun, 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 pun. Okay. Well, given your predilection for full frame, uh, what would it be? Tell me and I'll translate that for the rest of the world. Fair enough. For me, it's a 70 to 200. It's the second most used lens in my library of images. And that's after I've gone through that aggressive culling we've talked about. So my library has gotten smaller. It's only got the images in, in it that I want to keep and work on. Even then, that 7200 is the second most used lens. Okay. Well, seeing as I love the flexibility of the micro four thirds, that would be... A 35 to 100 in my world. And doing some maths, uh, it would be about a 50 to 135 in a lens made for a crop sensor. Now, I'm not sure there is a 35 to 100 in the four-thirds world. But for myself, I think in terms of the 40 to 150, which is uh, 80 to 300, as being a comparable lens. Well, you are indeed a man of science. And your math skills are exemplary. Yes, well, we won't talk about why I went into medicine. Fair but enough. But what about a maximum aperture? Well, that's an interesting question. Since I moved to digital, every 7200 lens that I've bought has been an F2.8. However, the data shows that I rarely shoot at a 28, with my most common apertures being 5.6 and f8. So why not f28? It seems like every YouTuber and certainly every salesperson treats anything else as a less than suitable substitute. Oh, uh, you're right about that. But my real-world use tells me differently. 
So based on that real world data, I can see that I could choose a lens that is a maximum aperture of f4, resulting in a lens that's physically smaller, weighs less, and is considerably less expensive. I find it interesting that you would mention all of the above, because that's exactly where I was when I was looking at lenses. I had heard about this 12 to 100, uh, translate 24 to 200 in full-frame equivalents, F4 lens. And the pragmatist in me uh, took me down the course you've just pointed out. I have to admit, I have never regretted that lens. But what about the autofocusing in dim light that has been mentioned frequently? Well, again, the facts don't lie. Prior to the current camera, my primary cameras could focus better in dim light than, frankly, I could see well. My current primary camera focuses down to EV minus 5. And translating that into human vision, we call that dark. Mm-hmm. So as far as, I'm not con- as far as I'm concerned, it's not an issue. All right. And what about the shallow depth of field that uh, we all seem to aspire to? Well, when I look at my most common camera-to-subject distances, the depth of field reduction going to 2.8 from a lens like an f4 is very, very small. In fact, I checked using photo pills for a common subject at a standard distance. Last month at Camera Club, I was demonstrating common off-camera lighting setups. I was using the 70-200 at about 180 mil for the shots. The flash was off the camera, and I had the camera set for the flash sync speed, ISO 100, and F8. I was shooting human and focusing on her nearest eye. The model's entire head was sharp, but the focus fell off quickly behind her head, blurring what was, in fact, a horrible background. Uh, Yes, but that's at F8. What if you wanted less depth of field? Well, certainly I could have opened up, so I checked. If I had been shooting at f2.8, all the same scenario, I would have had a depth of field of 0.04 meters at the camera to subject distance. If I had been shooting at f4, I would have had a depth of field of 0.06 meters, or only 2 centimeters more depth of field at the working distance, which was 3 meters. This difference of 2 centimeters strikes me as mostly pointless. And as the subject to camera distance increases, well, I also know that the amount of depth of field difference is also going to reduce accordingly. Okay, but what about shooting through a fence? Surely a shallower depth of field would uh, assist in blurring the fence? And it will. But let's say that I'm photographing a tiger that's two meters away. And there's definitely a fence. I've got my lens up against that fence, and if I shoot at f4 at 200 millimeters, the depth of field that I would get is 2 centimeters total. 
one centimeter in front of focus and one centimeter behind. The fence is so far out as to have no impact. It's going to disappear. And I can prove this. In fact, I've got several slides shot with a film camera using a 75 to 200 that's maximum opening was f4.5 where I know there was a fence, but you can't see it in any of the images. Okay, but the argument could be made that as a second lens, there are occasions when you would want a lens with a longer reach. The argument exists, but my data, my usage, tells me that I used a teleconverter with the 7200 from time to time but only about 20% of the time. And of that 20%, 60% of the time, I was using a 1.4 times teleconverter, and the remaining 40% of the time, I was using a 2 times teleconverter. Really, if it comes to that, I would go with a longer focal length lens right from the word go. But not the 70-200, because then I'm into specialized purpose work right so the 70 to 200 or the 200 millimeter is is not enough but if you knew you would be in that sort of scenario i can i can see that taking having established you're going to be shooting with a longer lens well you take a longer lens because like the Lord of the Rings, there is no ring to bind them all and no lens to cover every situation. If I had done it right and had built a business case for either my 400 mil or my 500 mil based on usage, that business case would fail horribly and it would have been worse for my 300 mil 28. I admit it, I bought into the fantasy of super fast long lenses like other folks have, and in my own use, they haven't paid off. For me, that's a good lesson should I ever need to make a change. Okay. So the focal lengths work for you, and you don't need f2.8 for the long stuff. But what about lenses with a shorter focal length? Well, you know very well the depth of field at any distance and aperture increases as focal length decreases. I can shoot with my 35mm lens set at f8, and the focus, locked at 6 meters, will give me everything from 2 and 3 quarter meters to infinity in sharp focus. This is the method that great street photographers have always used. They spend no time focusing because they don't actually focus. Compose, shoot, trust the physics of optics. And that's considering something like a full frame. If I were using your OM systems camera with a similar 17mm lens at f8, well, I'd have the additional benefit of being able to lock focus at a 3 meter distance and then everything from 1.34 meters to infinity would be in focus. It's really sad that in all the fluff about autofocus, people have forgotten or never bothered to learn how to use depth of field and hyperfocal distance. 
Yeah, well, I can see where you're going with that. So, putting into the above statements, if, as a second lens, you could have one that covers the spectrum from more wide-angle, say, let's say, 28 millimeters, to the current 200 millimeters, couldn't we have the best of both worlds in that scenario? Well, in fact, I have a lens, a 28 to 300. And when I travel, it's the one of two lenses I take. The other being an 11 to 24. Interestingly, when I look at the data, I rarely go much wider than 35 on it. I guess I just don't find 28 works for me. I also don't run it out to 300 all that much. Okay. And then when I want width, I've got the 11 to 24, but again, if I just kept my original 14, I'd probably be in pretty good stead as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the illusion or perspective of greater range may not, in fact, be something that we actually use. It certainly worked out that way for me. Okay. So let's keep moving. Knowing you, uh, why a zoom lens? While I am capable of zooming with my feet, a zoom lens creates value for me in situations where zooming with my feet would not be practical. It might cause me to miss a shot or become more conspicuous or scare a critter. Zooms are super convenient, and the current lenses are so good that aged and dusty argument that primes are sharper than zooms, while perhaps factually true, can't be seen when you look at an image at proper viewing distance, and frankly are still probably undetectable at three times magnification and with your eyeballs two inches from the screen. We know folks do that. It makes no sense to me. I'd rather learn to use the tool instead of letting the tool define my work. So I think I understand why I use my 40 to 150 so much. It really does cover my most common images, and I don't really need super fast glass because, like you say, seldom get down uh, that wide. But you haven't talked about noise resulting from higher ISOs. Well, you're right, because I don't think about noise. One stop of ISO doesn't create a bath of digital noise unless you're really pushing the sensor past its capabilities into what we call the realm of fake ISOs, calculated ISOs, not real ones. Moreover, if the first thing I see is noise, it's a crap photograph and it needs to go to the bin. When I think of many of my favorite photographs made over the last century and change, many have noise, or in many cases, visible grain. However, the photograph is so compelling that I never see the noise or the grain, and neither do regular folks. We know that photographers are somewhat unique and that they feel some need to spend a lot of money and time on noise reduction tools 
when the only person who will see the noise is themselves. And frankly, if someone else complains about noise and you still like your photograph, then someone else can go bob for french fries. And that is a happy image that I'd rather not go to. However, on that note, having summed up, they think the second lens for most of your function is a 70 to 200. You don't need a fully wide opening lens because you're not going to use it. And if you really need the rare occasion uh, where you need a further reach, put a teleconverter on it. So on that note, I think we're going to call this episode done. I am Gordon. And I am Ross. Thank you very much for listening to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. Please post comments or send in a question. If you shop with BNH Photo Video, please use our link as it pays us a small commission and it costs you nothing. Until next time, peace. Thank you.